what's happening? Playing around with intros right now. Going to get a voiceover, crazy cool intro done soon for both uh, the Inside Dirt Show and the Conversation podcast channels. Um, but that's coming soon. Like everything is a work in progress because I'm building this slowly in the spare time that I do have. But uh, with that being said, I did promise more content on this channel and I'm going to bring it to you. And um, we had the one-on-one interview with Andy Dinicole drop last week. We had the Inside Dirt Show more re-review drop this week, yesterday. And now uh, it's probably going to be Thursday or Friday before you get this. But this is the first bike test review on the Inside Dirt Show. Uh, MX Nationals race bike review, ride rated, whatever you want to call it. Um, I want to do a lot with the new model releases, got to get around to that. But first of all, um, I'm going to do some uh, MX Nationals race bikes. And we're going to do, hopefully i got some lined up for after Coolum this weekend before they go to Supercross settings. Now I had a bunch of cool stuff lined up last year. I was going to ride Ferris's bike and a few others for the magazine back when we were doing that. But unfortunately everything got teared down and turned into Supercross bikes pretty much right away. So I've really got to get on it if we're going to get these tests done for some of the championship bikes in MX1. So we're going to see where it goes. Can't promise that, but that is the plan. Anyway, let's get into it. This is the SB Motorsports 2019 RMZ250, or RMZ if you're American, bike ride review. Um, first one I've done. So give me some time to get this uh, platform established as far as the bike tests and reviews. But the reason I want to started, uh, start with the uh, 2019 RMZ250, the SB Motorsports have got, is because it's quite a unique bike. And I know it's a bike that not a lot of people would have ridden because Suzuki have kind of had a restructure in Australia and, and a lot of things, you know, they haven't put a lot of bikes on the market the last couple of years in the 250 class. You know, the RMZ450 has been out now um, since last season and that's been a real big hit. See a lot of guys riding that in the 450 class. And, um, you know, even though it's not been killing it in the shootouts, it, it seems to be very competitive. And, um, I think that's something that this RMZ250 is going to follow also. You know, it's not a bike that has a lot of hype around it, and I don't think they even bought a whole bunch of units into the country for 2019. And if we're just being honest with ourselves, you don't see a lot of them at the tracks. And that's because prior to this relaunch of the 2019 RMZ250, I'm pretty sure they hadn't changed the model in close to since the late 2000s, 09, 010. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it's somewhere around there. So that is about... It's a long time, you know, and, and a lot of gains have been made by KDM, Husqvarna, Yamaha. A lot of them have redesigned them 250 motors, chassis quite a few times now to the models you see today. And I think Suzuki got left a little bit behind back then. But um, that's just some context to where the bike came from. And this isn't a, you know, a, a 2019 launch model. You know, this bike's been out for the best part of a year now. Um, this is a race team review. So we're going to talk about pretty much where the bikes are in my opinion in a race form uh where it's at with the modifications they've done to it um the sb motorsports crew steve powell's kind of the head um head guy over there with development it's a really cool story actually because um obviously i go way back with the sb motorsports guys um long story short back when i had my uh, race team uh 2017 we did the mx nationals with the uh mad peter stevens ktm flooring sales bulk sponsors <laughs> too many to list team so scotty that owns sp motorsports scotty brewster uh he was kind of like my business partner in that whole deal uh and then at the end of 2017 i stepped away and said uh owning a race team is way too hectic for me and uh costs way too much money so scotty have at it and he's been doing it ever since um and they sort of started out as a family team and now this year they got 
um, Jane Rikers. Uh, sorry, not Jane Rikers. He's run with KSF. My bad. They take Jay Rye's bike around, but they have um, Cody Dice riding for him in MX1. And, uh, yeah, they're doing good things. So Josh Brewster, he rides in MX2, and this is his bike the uh, that I rode the review for. So that's how this kind of came about. I knew it would be easy for me to go grab a bike off those guys and uh, relatively easy to get a hold of as opposed to some of the bigger teams where I've tried to organize this stuff before. And it's not like they're being difficult, but they got systems. They know they get the bike back from the races. They tear it down, especially at the internationals. They'll just chassis that thing out, completely tear it down, rebuild it for Supercross, and it's ready to go. Because in years previous, we've had a real quick turnover between MX Nationals and Supercross. Uh, this year, it's a little further apart, but Supercross is coming early. MX Nationals finish early. So, like I said, I plan on getting a ride on some of the championship bikes and um, and just some of the factory bikes in 450s and stuff. But uh, we'll wait and see. But, you know, so what I call this bike a factory bike? Like, no, this is a production-based bike. Um, this is a production-based race team. They get, you know, first-year deal with Den Suzuki and they get some help, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, as far as bikes and some budget and whatnot. But it's not a crazy big operation, uh, you know, the, the Scotty, Scotty at SB Motorsports is funding a lot of this himself still, but that's probably what's more impressive to me about this whole story is, you know, Steve Powell has been involved with um, with those guys for a few years now, and Steve's very tight with Suzuki, Australia, and that's kind of how that whole deal came about with, with Scotty and SB Motorsports going over to Suzuki. And um, Powell, from my understanding, basically, he's been doing a lot of um, bike development. He's got an RMZ250 himself, but... Initially, when the 2019 came out, those guys ended up reaching out to JGR um, in the States. You know, the JGR Suzuki team, which, uh, you know, Justin Hill and Weston Pike and Chad Reed, those guys are now um, actually running a bit of retail for bike mods and motor mods. And they have an in-house program where you can buy bolt-on kits. And that's basically what this SB Motorsport Suzuki has. Uh, It's basically running a JGR cylinder head uh, and JGR piston kit. Uh, to name a few other things, but we'll talk about that first. So, like I said, they basically went out and uh, they purchased one of these direct-to-consumer kits that that JGR are doing. Um, you know, I don't think it's the exact same, obviously, motor that, say, Alex Martin or uh, Kyle Peters will be running in Supercross or Outdoors. Um, you know, I'm, I'm assuming they'd have a lot of gearbox work, bottom-end work. But as far as what this bike shares with them, you know, it's got the cylinder head, it's got the piston kit, it's got the GET um, ECU ignition with the TGA, the traction control, and launch control. So, um, you know, there's definitely some trick stuff on this motor. It's got an FMF uh, exhaust system, which also, uh, I don't know if the JGR guys are using FMF, but, um, you know, that's another add-on to this bike. And, uh, you know, basically the 2019 RMZ450 was a pretty much new model. I wouldn't say from the ground up, but they really changed a lot of engine characteristics. Um, didn't get a chance to ride a stock one, so it would have been really good to see the comparison, I don't have any access to any dyno data or anything like that, but uh, let's start off with the motor. And uh, like I said, we've got the JGR cylinder head, the JGR piston, um, the get ECU, and uh, that's where it's at for the motor mods. Um, and honestly, I was I was very impressed with the, the way this bike rides. Um, I'm 80, you know, I'm 87 kilos without gear on, so I'm pushing 90 with gear on. Um, so I'm a big guy for 250F. And basically this motor, you know, as long as you could keep the RPMs reasonably high and you could flow your turns, um, it had plenty of torque to pull you out the other side. Like I think coming off of a 450, which I ride all the time, it was a little bit of an adjustment for me when I got on it because 
typically on a 450, even when you flow your turns, you get so used to pointing and shooting and just hopping bumps and being able to stop, start, turn with the rear wheel and put the bike wherever you want it. When you get back on a 250, you know, the first couple of turns, the first couple of laps, you go to sort of spin and go, stop, start, and it just doesn't pull. And uh, that's pretty much any 250. And then you go, oh, yeah, okay, i got to flow my turns. i got to keep that MX2 vibe going on where you open things up and just stay on top of everything. And you got to carry a lot of rolling speed. But that's just how you got to ride a 250F. So once I figured that out, um, you know, I was pretty much second and third gear at a second gear at a lot of the real tight turns. But for the most part, you know, I could run second, third and really rev the thing um, coming out of, you know, 90 degree turns. And it was like a sandy, loamy track. I rode it. So... Uh, it would pull me no problem, you know, third gear out of a sand turn. I could over-rev in second and then short shift to third was probably my go-to in a lot of sections. Um, but, you know, third would pull me if I needed it to, which uh, considering the wrap the RMZ 250's got as far as the motor being outdated previously to this 2019 bike, um, you know, pretty, uh, pretty encouraging, honestly. Um, and, yeah, like from there, obviously it's 250F, so like I said, you got to rev the thing. Um, does it... This is where I'd say it differentiates, you know, does it have that direct to rear wheel feel where there's no delay that the Huskies and the KDMs are really good at doing? Uh, I'd say no, it definitely doesn't have that feel. But at the same time, you know, I've ridden a 2019 CRF 250 a few weeks back as well, just to have some comparison of this bike because I haven't ridden a lot of 250Fs lately. And uh, the, the CRF kind of felt the same, you know, you got that, I think you got Husky, you got KDM and you got the Kawasaki 450 in my opinion, are the only bikes that have really sort of on that same page as far as the direct, the direct throttle response. Like there's no delay from when you roll the throttle on to when it, it starts tracking through the rear wheel. I'd say this bike has a little bit more of a traditional feel where it's a traditional four-stroke. There's a little, not a lot of lag. Like they've done some throttle body mods to the 2019. Um, and then especially with the ignition and the motor mods on this thing, the lag is minimal. Um, and I, it's not like I didn't like it you know you get used to it real quick and i think you can adapt to that um and you know like i said as long as you can keep your rpms up and you can fan the clutch a little bit in some of the tighter turns you can keep your speed going through the opening turns like the the bike will pull you no problem um and that was a really encouraging thing for me because right away i was like all right i'm gonna have some fun riding this bike and and i really did have a lot of fun riding this bike the thing um as far as the motor goes it's uh it worked really well and um, it was pretty impressive. I'm going to put a video up on Instagram, so you guys check out that. It's uh, JS underscore Joe Stevens is my page. And, um, you know, I did some starts on the thing, and the thing ripped too, you know, second gear starts. I know, um, you know, some of the 250 teams and some of the 250 riders play around with first gear starts. Um, I didn't do that. I just ran it straight in second, just because I'm so used to starting on a 450. Could I have ran a first gear start? Yeah, I definitely could have, and short shifted, but... Um, you know, I just decided to run a couple in second. I didn't get to spend a lot of time on the bike, and this was the team's race bike. So, you know, especially with tests, like you don't want to be burning motor hours on the thing and just swinging off of it all day long. That's not what it's for. You just get a, a quick ride, put a moto in, get a feel for it, you adapt to it, and then um, go from there. So essentially, yeah, engine, you know, was it super exciting down low? I'd say no, but I think from what I've read on the um, the modifications to the motor for 2019 from standard form on previous models, um, they've definitely improved the bottom end on the Suzuki. And I think because it has a lot more over-rev and then especially with the ignition and the motor mods I was riding, the over-rev went 
pretty high. You know, I'd say it was almost a comparison to a KDM, a Husky, a Yamaha, where that over rev goes pretty high. Um, didn't quite match it. Didn't quite have the pulling power up top that I'd say I modded out Kato or Yami would, where it just keeps going through the gears and keeps going up in the revs and pulling. I'd say the Zook, this one tapered off a little bit lower than they would. Um, but at the same time, um, it was super impressive. So, you know, as far as the motor goes, it's, um, you know, like I said, it wasn't super exciting. Like it wasn't a heavy hit down low, but as long as you're able to carry some corner momentum, I don't think not having a heavy hit is too much of a bad thing. It might be a slight disadvantage off the start, but um, like I said, there's ways around that with the ignition, with the traction control, and, and some of the features they're running on the bike. So not super exciting down low, but man, the mid to top, like it pulled... It pulled really well and uh, ran out a little bit on the top. But um, like I said, I don't have a whole heap of comparison. I've been riding 450 for years now and, and I'm just getting into this whole bike testing deal where I want to ride more units and, and do some more reviews. So I'm kind of used to just a freight train of a 450 motor, just pulling, pulling, pulling all the way through. Um, so my perspective might be a little bit biased. But, uh, you know, as for the motor, like I said, um, you know, I know there's a longer gear ratio for the 2019 model, I think between second and third that came out of standard. Um, you know, did I have to short shift it a little bit? Yeah, but I also am used to riding a 450 and, um, I'm a heavier guy. So I really need to keep the bike in the meat of that power. But I think a lighter rider would be able to over rev it a bit more without that weight of me being on it. It would keep pulling. Um, but obviously 90 kilos on a 250 is not ideal for, um, optimum, uh, torque when, when you get higher up into the RPMs, it would run out a little bit for me, especially in deep sand, which is what we were riding in. It wasn't like I was on a hard pack track. Like this place was pretty deep. It was super bombed out. It was one of the tracks I coach at and we just keep it rough and sandy for the guys to ride on and train on and put their motos in and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, that's sort of the motor package. Like I said, you know, um, that's where it's at. You got the JGR cylinder here, the JGR piston, um, the get ignition, now, this is something we ran back when we had the race team. Um, the traction control settings on the Gets are crazy good. Um, if you've never ridden one, you know, they are a lot of money to go out and buy. Um, the, the Get kit, uh, the GPA, they call it, which is the little uh, monitor on the front fender, um, which has the the lights, the visual light settings on it. And, uh, and then obviously you've got the ECU setting like every other uh, ignition company where you basically have a you know ignition box that you clip in for the ecu and it's preset and that's what pally does for this team and pally steve pal spmx he's one of the um accredited uh get uh, distributors and, and like uh, technicians so he i know he works with empire kawasaki as well with i think with the get stuff um there's a few teams he's worked with over the years factory honda back when brayton came out a few years ago pally was working with him jimmy d gavin faith so he knows how to set these gets up. And um, I think the thing with the get I, I do like is it is very subtle. You know, a lot of the other brands, like I'm not going to compare it to any other brands just for the sake of saying, oh, it's better than this because I'm not affiliated with get. I don't run one. Um, but I think some of the other brands uh, of ignitions, they do make the bikes a little bit more exciting. But I think the get's very precise in how it gets the power to the ground. Like it's not so much making more noise with the motor. It's not super exciting but it does track and it does get that power to the ground. And then especially when you introduce that traction control, you know, we ran them back on the KDM 450s and 17. I did a bit of testing there for the team. Um, and yeah, it's the same deal with this 250 Suzuki. Um, the the power is very subtle, but very accessible when you need it. And it, you know, especially when you put it on on the starts um, with the GPA, the launch control, 
you know, it's it's definitely not going to rip your arms off, but it's very planted under the rear wheel and it will, you know, it doesn't break loose. You can pretty much do anything you want with the with the throttle response and the bike will track. And, uh, you know, if you put that, you put that uh, trash control all the way on to as high as it can go, like you will really struggle to even sort of scrub the bike or break loose on an up ramp because it will just keep the rear wheel tracking underneath you. And then it really is a bit of a foreign feeling to get used to when you, you don't have one on your bike and then you put that on and test the different settings. Um, I've still never spent like a proper day just testing the get the way I'd like to, to get a feel for it. Um, but you know, say most guys will run a GPA like three or four on the start from, from what I can understand. You can go all the way up to a 10 uh, and then you can run that setting on, on the laps as well when you're out doing, um, you know, doing your motos or you can, I believe, switch it to a, uh, a pre-base setting of where you want it on the track and then a start setting. So there's a few different options with the Get, um, but, you know, I really like the addition of the Get to the bike. Um, like I said, it's, it's not going to make your bike super exciting compared to some other ignition companies I've, I've ridden, um, but at the same time, I don't think many companies can get close to how the get gets the the power to the ground and how predictable and how um precise you can be with that rear wheel tracking and knowing it's not going to break loose um that was pretty impressive for me so yeah um like i said that's probably where the uh the motor mods kind of and for me the fmf exhaust again i haven't spent a whole bunch of time on 250s um so hard for me to exactly say if this exhaust made a massive difference. Would have liked to have ridden a stock one, but you know, give me a break. This is the first one I've done, so I'm just trying to ramble this one out and get it figured out before I do some 2020 bike tests and uh, some of the other team bikes. But you know, the FMF layer sounded great, and the bike uh, it pulled. So I'm sure the FMF was doing something. That's for sure. Um, Got to spend a bit more time with the, some other 250s for comparison. But uh, FMF looks sick. I can tell you that. Um, so that would be the motor of the 2019, uh, that's the SB Motorsports Suzuki with the JGR mods. I know um, SPMX has some bolt-on kits now that they've developed um, for some different parts of the motor. So if you guys are in the market for a 2020 RMZ250, you know, hit Pally up because I know he's been working on some things with the development of the JGR motor mods and his own motor mods in-house as well. Um and yeah, they'll get you where you need to be. So moving on from there, uh, let's take a look at um, the suspension. And the bike is running a JGR rear linkage on the shock linkage. And, you know, it's a conventional, um, they've gone away from the air fork, they've gone back to a KYB spring fork on the front. Um, this is where I struggled a little bit with the bike because obviously Josh is, I think, low 70s in kilos. So I'm pushing 20 keys on him with gear on. Um, not the best combo. Like we didn't set the sag or anything cause I didn't want to mess with their race bikes. So pretty much I was uh, deflecting off a lot of things and, and it was a little soft in some spots. It was blowing through the initial part of the stroke, which made it a little difficult for me to carry corner speed. But in that being said, if I was the right weight, uh, for the bike, it wouldn't have felt that way. Um, but you know, as far as the suspension package goes, uh, they've got, I don't think it's a lowering link. I, I, it's just a, you know, a JGR link that sort of changes the, geometry of the rear linkage a little bit um but yeah suspension was solid you know i didn't really have any complaints you know I'm a, I'm a spring fork guy i'm not the biggest fan of air suspension uh probably the only air suspension i like is the aer the 48 mil um kdm fork i'm not i'm not too opposed to that one never been a crazy fan of kyb or shower air forks just never really tickled my fancy i mean i'm I'm my 32 years old, so air forks came out a long time after I'd started riding, so I'm just used to the feel and the consistency of spring forks. So um, to me, getting back on uh, on this 250 
with uh, with the KYB spring. Super consistent. Um, you know, like I said, only downside for me was the weight, but I feel like with the right rider on that setup, I mean, you watch Josh ride it. Uh, they got Riley Finlay filling in for them right now um, for the MX Nationals in the MXD class because Josh is injured a little bit before Supercross. And that bike looks great. Um, I think Riley rode to a 12th or a 13th in the first MXD moto on this bike uh, on the weekend in Maury. But yeah, um, you know, for the most part, I don't have a whole bunch to say about the suspension, but um, I was pretty happy with it, you know, other than the fact that I was a little heavy um, and it did it did uh, blow through the initial part of the stroke a little bit on the on the forks. Um, the rear shock, I know it comes, from what I can tell, it sprung a little bit, I believe, harder than the front, or it's, it's one of the other ones... One softer, one's harder. Let me just check this real quick in my notes. Um, yeah, so I'm still here, guys. I'm just reading something here. <laughs> um, all right. I can't find it. Anyway, for the most part, um, lost my train of thought here. Stay with me. You know, the rear shock, I just, I didn't think that it was a crazy good balance for my weight with the shock and the fork. And I have heard that with standard as well. It needs some work. Um, but like I said, I know the modifications it probably would have done. If I was the right weight, it would have been um, a lot closer to where it needed to be for me as a rider. Um, like I said, then you got to take into comparison, like settings for Josh, who's a younger rider versus me, who's taller, heavier, more old school. Um, you know, there's a lot of different aspects, but uh, suspension consistent did its job if i was the right weight you know would have been a lot better but um like i said they're running the spring kyb and um yeah that's where it's at for suspension um taking a look at some of the other mods on the bike like i said i want to keep this short and i've only been 20 minutes into this but just wanted to get this one out and uh, get it done before it's old news um they're running uh michelin tires so michelin tires is a brand i run this year i've been working with michelin this season um josh was running the soft front um, on the 80, 80 front, soft compound and a soft rear. Um, straight up for me personally, I'm not the biggest fan of the soft front. Um, I'm more of a medium front guy. So for me, the front was, I've ridden with the Michelin enough to know what the soft front does, but my sort of go-to on the 450 at least is the medium front. Um, I just gelled that tire a little bit more as far as sidewall roll and I'm more of a rear wheel turning rider, so I'm not the biggest fan of um, of the front rolling on me a little bit, which some guys really like that soft, pliable feel. It's not my deal. That's why I go with the medium. Um, but the soft is definitely not a bad tire, uh, but I ran that on the Suzuki. So, yeah, it, it took me a few laps to get used to it, you know, just as far as the consistency on the front, and, and it did slightly different things. Um, the Michelin is a softer compound tire. Uh, so yeah, that softer, the soft compound on the Michelin is super soft and you run a little high tire pressure. Um, but yeah, that's what we were running on the, on the tires. Uh, the rear hooked up great. Like my go-to setting for Michelin's is a medium front soft rear. I really like that. That That's a good combo for me. It works well. Um, I would have liked to run that on 250, but the soft front, um, you know, it did its job and, and yeah, the rear tire, you know, if you have rhythm with Michelin's, if you want to compare them to a Dunlop or a Pirelli, it, it's you know, each tire really has its own characteristics, but, um, you know, it's not a tire test, but I definitely say, like I said, the Michelins are the softest. They have a little bit of a different sidewall feel to a Dunlop, um, which I'd say, again, Dunlop has a different sidewall feel to a Pirelli and ride height. So, um, you know, the 80, you know, Michelin offers 80 and 90 fronts. So 
um, you know, the 80, you know, the 90 and high-speed stuff. Sorry, the 90 is, um, you know, gives you a little bit extra protection when you're in the in the ruddy conditions in the clay and you've got high-water ruts that will help you out there. But the 80 for me is, is my go-to on most conditions. Um, but, yeah, that's where the tyres are at. We've got Zeta levers. We've got um, ODI grips, Michelin tyres. Uh, reading off my list here, strike gripper seat. You know, seats, um, group of seats did its job. And, yeah, I mean, really, that's about it, guys. Like I said, 25 minutes. Sorry it's short. I just really wanted to get this one out. And um, I guess everyone's question would be, you know, is this bike competitive with the rest of the bikes in its field? Because let's be honest, we don't have any other RMZ250s in the MX Nationals MX2 right now. I think I saw maybe one on the weekend. Um, so is it competitive? And my answer is yes, it's definitely competitive. Now, is this bike going to compare with a factory? And look, honestly, there isn't any factory 250s in the 250 class in, in the MX Nationals. You know, there, there's manufacturer teams. You know, you've got like Yamalu Yamaha, that's the in-house team. Um, you've got Serco, that is the factory team of Yamaha, but it's built, you know, that's not an in-house program for Yamaha. You've got, um, you know, um, the CRF Honda team. They're also an outhouse program. Like, there's no real in-house factory development. Like, you got Dakar at CDR. Like, that is a Yamaha sort of factory back program. He gets input from from the Yamaha umbrella of different teams around the world, and they share some tech. Not a lot, but there is a little bit going on with that. Which you could say maybe he's on that factory level. But for the most part, I don't think you could say there's any factory bikes like DPH Husky. You know, Raceline KDM. Like, Raceline's an aftermarket performance shop. They they build their motors for what they sell, and um, you know so. This bike in that 250 field, you know, is it as good as, say, a, a completely modded out Husky or a completely modded out Yamaha? Like, I'll be honest, no, it's not quite there. But the application for this bike for the consumer, that's where I think it's a really good thing because, look, they do come in a little bit cheaper retail uh, compared to some of the other brands. And I think if you're looking to put your money into a new unit or, you know, a 2020 or maybe a secondhand 19 or a clearance 19 even, um, if you're a local guy, like a C grade, B grade guy, a vet guy, you know, whatever it is you do race in moto, um, this RMZ250 at a good price point, you know, it's a decent bike for you. Um, you know, and I think a lot of guys could do well with it uh, in the right hands. And I'm um, not saying you've got to go buy a JGR motor and you got to do all this crazy stuff that the professional race teams do, like at the MX Nationals for this bike I rode. But um, yeah, I think the Zook will get you where you need to be. If you're a local guy in stock form, it's, it's, it's got a good price point. And you could have some fun riding it, you know, even if you're just a ride park guy or someone that rides at the local tracks. Um, yeah, it'll get you where you need to be. So don't overlook it, guys, especially if you're, um, you know, there'll be some clearance bikes for the 19s that they bought in that they might not have sold them all yet. You know, they'll be going cheap. So if you're in the market for a, a freshie, um, that 2019 RMZ will get you there with a few mods if you've got a little bit of money to spend. You know, let's be honest, very few riders are really riding 250s or 50s to their full potential anymore. Um, these things are so good. They handle great. They've got so much torque. They do what they're supposed to do. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of guys, you don't need that bike that maybe has that premium um, reputation or has that crazy high retail price. You know, you could do a lot with the bikes that are a little bit, you know, like I said, in the in the shootouts. I haven't seen any 250 shootouts from the Zoo because I think it came in late. But, you know, I know the RMZ 40 in the States was getting some slack. It was sort of lost in the shootouts. But, everyone will say the same you know the good test riders you hear some of the podcasts and some of the magazines like it might have finished last in the shootout and i'm not saying the rmz 250 did or would have but it you know maybe it wouldn't have won but it's more than capable for you to jump on it maybe put a pipe on it change gearing up 
you know, I know we're running different gear in the stock on this SB Motorsports bike and go out there and do your thing. Um, you know, this thing's probably more competitive than most 250s were a few years ago in stock form. So a um, little bit of perspective there, guys. Like I said, I got to got to do more of this bike test stuff. I really want to start taking more notes and spending more time on the bikes. And uh, and I want to do some shootouts. I want to get some other riders involved, not just myself, because you guys are probably sick of hearing me talk at this point. I know I am a little bit. <laughs> but um, look, just trying to bring more content your way. The MX Nationals bike tests, maybe do some Supercross bike tests. You know, I like to ride some Supercross, so it'd be cool to ride some of these guys' bikes that are getting out there to ride the Aussie Supercross series. Um, so, yeah, that's about it. I think next time I'm going to do some questions, like what questions did you guys have about the bike I'm riding before I get the pot out. But, uh, again, got the real world to run here. I've got, I got a business to run and some other things going on. So uh, time is always of the essence with this. But, yeah, I wanted to get this SB Motorsports uh, 2019 RMZ 250 review done. Uh, so thanks for listening. Um, built by SPMX and with some bolt-on parts from JGR. Shout out to the SB Motorsports guys for letting me ride it. Shout out to you guys for listening. Um, I hope this was educational. Um, if you think I'm a shitty test rider after this, listen to it. Maybe give me some feedback and say, hey, I would have liked to know more about this. I'm not a super tech guy. It's not really ever been my thing with riding. You know, I kind of just get on a bike, have a feel for it. Um, certain things that are tech I'll get into, but there's other, you know, there's other test riders that will break down, you know, the rake on the bike or the triple clamps or whatever it is to millimeters and diameters and, and this and that. And um, probably need to get more into that if I'm going to do these test articles. Um, but man, at the end of the day, motocross is a feel where you'll go off a feel. That's what you're chasing. You either vibe with the bike or you don't. And I think that's the message I've always tried to convey to my suspension guys and my motor guys is, is uh, the feeling that it's getting me, giving me and what I want to change to get that feel on chasing. Because, uh, you know, as you all know, if you don't, uh, if you don't got that feel, you don't got that flow, it's not going to happen for you on the track. So you're always chasing that feeling. Sometimes that feeling's hard to put into words. As a coach and, uh, you know, working with riders for a long time, I can tell you that's definitely something I've worked hard on trying to relate back to my riders is how to, uh, how to find that feeling, how to find that flow and that happy place. But anyway, thanks for listening to the first bike review. Um, we'll be back next week with the Coolum review, maybe even the live show on Friday. I'm still working on that. So uh, thanks for listening, guys. And uh, with that, we'll cue the music. Peace out.